You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Big Guy Sports Radio Show. Your home for New York sports. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Wake Up With Football in New York, presented by the Big Guys Sports Radio Network, your home for New York sports, here on Sunday, July 19th, 2020, where for those of you who live in the New York, New Jersey area, you should be prepared because it's going to be 99 degrees out today with humidity 106. So if anybody needs me today, I will be inside where the air conditioner keeps me warm. I am here, your host, Jim, with the co-host, Mac and Matt. Guys, how are you doing today? Well, listen, um, every Sunday morning before the show, I turn on this program. It's called I Survived. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. I have. But it's a, it's a great show that shows people that are, you know, that have come into some kind of tragedy, whether they've been, you know, on a sinking boat or in a, in a, in a mine where the mine shaft crashes or they're being attacked by some crazy man and or some crazy woman. And it's an unbelievable show that shows how far people can go to, to, you know, to Rock. come out of these, yeah, come out of these situations unscathed. It's very inspirational. Mm-hmm. So uh, I watch it every Sunday morning and, and it's a, it's an incredible show that, uh, that kind of inspires me that, you know, things aren't as bad as we think they are. We're not facing death. So, um, so yeah. that's what I did this morning. For yourself. I'm going yeah. to take away from a cardiac arrest, but, you know. <laughs> so who survived yesterday then? that's Well, t- today there was a guy that had his, his throat cu- cut open, this older woman who was beaten by a, a savage uh, worker at the church. Um so those were the two big stories I watched today. I mean, this older woman had her fingers broke. She was cut from her neck. She was slammed around and almost uh, her neck was almost broken. They put her in a in a trunk and and by the grace of God, I guess someone found her before she died. So holy hell! All right, on a chippier note, Matt, for you. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go quite as dark as Mac does on a Sunday morning. I woke up and had me some coffee and played with my dog a little bit and told my girl to have a great couple hours without me because I'm sure she's getting tired of me being around her before she has this baby right now. Mm. So we're just going to talk about some football, and I'm going to leave her alone for a little while. Is she up this early? She could sleep in, right? She gets up, man. Listen, she gets up, and she makes my coffee, and she helps me take care of the dog, and she makes sure I have something to eat. She takes good care of me, so I'm a, I'm oh, a good hell no. I'd make you make your own coffee. Yeah, right? oh, she loved, she's she finally figured it out, man. We're good to go. Sounds, sounds like, Mac sounds like to me like Mac needs to go to church. So you hey, can, listen, Maddie had, Maddie Ice here has a keeper there. You hold on to that woman. Right? Yeah, yeah. In the morning, and you know, made him coffee and all types of others. Absolutely. Okay, so as much as I'm sure people want to hear about. You know, our television programs, we'll get right into sports day. And how can you not start the week yet? And we're coming in a day after baseball finally started, which we'll get more into during the week about the cardboard cutouts, which are the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And the, the noise was just, I can't even tell you in the two innings that I watched how, how bad the, the little button they hit that puts noise out when you get a single is. But we'll get into that some this mm. So, it, sounds like, it sounds like a disgruntled Met there, uh, fan, Matty. No, I, I don't think. Think. <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like it. 
practice results mean nothing to me. Practice. But I'm, I wanted to watch a couple innings to figure out how I'm going to feel watching it with no fans and what it's going to sound like and this and that. And it, it, it is weird. It's yeah. very, very weird. The cardboard cutouts are terrible. And the sound noise they play where it's like, it's like, oh, man. Like, I don't know. sound good. <laughs> I can imagine. Matty, I can imagine every time the Yankees got hit, that came out. Oh, he, okay. That's like. Well, the Mets were home, so they didn't play any crowd noise when the Yankees did something. And the, oh, so it was quiet. It was very quiet then. But also, I didn't <laughs> most of the runs because I only watched the first two innings, so it was just one nothing. I didn't yeah. see anything else that happened. But it was it's like a Met got a hit to lead off. Right. The I'm like, the hell? And you players on the field were like giggling, like even yeah, right. didn't buy it, you know. So, but. Okay into that this week you can't start a football show i don't think if you don't touch base on what's going on with the redskins right now and i don't even know it's i don't i don't understand how this just got so out of control so fast i mean this went from a simple naming issue mm -hmm. to blown into a huge sexual harassment the coaches go into parties and you know being able to mess around with the cheerleaders and other people, the cheerleaders basically, you know, as basically are escorts, you know, if you want to say are forced to be, I don't know how the cheerleaders stayed quiet this whole time. You see reports of Jay Gruden's messing with one of them. And then one of them's messing with one of the football players. And then he benches the football player. Like, and, and you're like, Wait, what? Now we're throwing games away because you're both sleeping with the same cheerleader? And supposedly the guy they benched was the guy that was one of the linemen or something. And that was the day that Alex Smith got his leg broken because the lineman wow. was there. This is just – and he could uh, from the position that this lineman was supposed to play, this is – Mac, I am uh, – I don't even know where to begin. And then on top of it, they're talking about the owner – they're gonna. He's gonna be staying. So, can you explain this to me? I mean, how does this stay quiet for so long? Well, well, from a from kind of a personal uh, input and kind of from uh, about the Redskins by themselves. Like, you know, I have a, a Twitter page where I just bother all the NFC East teams. I bother the Cowgirls. I bother the Eagles, and I'll say the name the Redskins. I bother them too. And about two days ago, I. I tweeted these hashtag groups that are the Redskins, the name change, uh, the renaming of the Redskins, the Redskins homepage themselves. And I told them that this name change was going to be the least of their worries. And I got a bunch of comments back. I let them have their way. But I, from the people that I know now, Jim, some people uh, behind the scenes at certain places because because of what I do for the show, I heard there was going to be a huge bombshell that was going to be broke about the organization. I heard it three days ago and I told them the least of your worries is whether you call them the Redskins or the Red Tails or whatever you want to call them. And they kind of got upset with me. And I'm going to tell you something about Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder is the worst owner in the league. He's all over that team. He meddles in the team constantly, and he can't run his organization. He calls down behind a coach's back, 
tells a player he's going to sit down without even telling the coach. He fires a, a Super Bowl champion coach, Joe Gibbs, even though he had a winning season. He he has his new coach now out there like a spokesman. He can't even get in front of his own problems. He knew this was going on down at that organization. He's a he's a poor man's Jerry Jones. I mean, at least Jerry Jones drafts people and signs people. This guy can't even get that together. I mean, this guy has his new coach, who is a great coach with the Carolina Panthers. Now he's coming on and has to talk about the organization's problem because this man is a coward. This man cannot even get out in front of his own team, in front of his own mess that he helped or, or let happen and make a statement and, and say how bad this is and, and how uh, uh, terrible this thing is. And I'll tell you, I feel sorry for the Redskins fans. I go all the way back to Sonny Jurgensen, Billy Kilmer, all the way through from John Reagan to Joe Theismann, and this is the worst I've ever seen a team run by any owner, and and it's a shame. This is the same. Mm-hmm. Matt, I mean, I, what do you think about all this? I mean, this is some crazy stuff. Like, it seems like the Redskins were a fraternity over there. I just, what I don't understand and I can't seem to wrap my head around is how did all of this with these girls stay quiet for this long? It's called a non-disclosure agreement, Jim. That's what it's called. That's why 14 out of these 14 out of 15 of the women that are in this report are requested anonymity because of fear of litigation and retribution. If it's fear of litigation, it's only from an NDA, you know, or the Washington Redskins, Daniel Snyder, and um, that director of player personnel, um, <clears throat> Larry Michael, I think, is the radio guy. Alex Santos, the director of pro personnel, those two guys, they can sue for you know, what is defamation or whatever it might be if any, if nothing comes to watch for this. You know, you we understand how hard it is for people in the workplace that experience sexual harassment and things like that to prove it, essentially. You know, it's a lot of he said, she said, and a lot of the time corporations, employers are going to take the side of the person being accused and say, hey, we have no hard proof. We can't do anything, and mainly because of the way the justice system works. Now, with that being said, I believe that this is going to be the start of basically what they called that Me Too movement essentially going into the NFL. Now, this is you're going to see this pop up on other franchises now. This is not just going to stay within the Washington Globe. issue of the cheerleaders being used. I, yep, absolutely. That's you think that was only happening in Washington? I, I, I kind of open, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, That's this is, yeah, I would like to think it's not going on everywhere else. Yep, but unfortunately, it likely is. You know, this is this is a culture thing. You know, this is a culture thing, and usually, when you see it happening in one place in an organization, it's happening in multiple places. I hope it's just Washington. You know, I hope it's just Washington, and I hope that uh, it gets resolved with everyone needing the results to be happy and satisfied with uh, justice being served. If this is the case, personally, I would be an owner that would vote to remove Daniel Snyder, but I don't- well, that brings up my way. other point that I wanna bring up is so far publicly, the reports have stated that the owners are not going to request that Daniel Snyder step down. Because if you look at some of these reports, some of the worst stuff they make it seem like Daniel Snyder was not involved in. So, you know, it depends who you want to believe or where you want to go with on this one. But I have a big problem with, you know, the owner of the team not knowing what's going on. So 
And again, I'll start with you, Mac. I mean, how is it that he could survive something like this? This is worse than the Will Ponds. And well, this leads to Maddie's point, Ice's point about maybe it's happening in other places. If these owners go ahead and vote this guy out, and you know the owners talk, management talks uh, uh, both ways on all teams. If this is going somewhere else, and they vote to to, to have him removed, maybe they're worried about this blowing up in their face too. So mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking that. What, what ice is saying is very correct here that it is happening in other places these girls these girls want to be famous they want to be they, you know that they, they want to be models they want to be actresses there's hardly any uh cheerleader that goes out there just because they want to cheerlead on a professional level I mean I know in a youth level they, do that. they get right so so they're doing this for more than just to cheerlead and if something like this comes out then it's going to be they're going to be have a I don't want to say a black mark, but, you know, they're involved in a controversy. So besides the, the disclaimer of uh, uh, the disclosure, they're also uh, thinking about their futures, too. Now, there's no doubt that Snyder knew this was going on. At what level? I don't know. But I know they all talk and all of you know at work, man, them rumors fly all the time. You know everybody's business when you're at work and there is no way he didn't know. So stop calling down on the field and telling players not to go in the game behind the coach's back and start taking care of your business. Well, that brings another question, though, down to Matty Ice here is that what responsibility in this we talk about the owners and you know well jay gruden's just he's out so i mean he doesn't you know he's not involved right now as from the inside and you talk about all the people in the front office that are involved in this what about the players responsibility because players were also it it was also insinuated that players were sleeping with these girls and they're not idiots you know if these girls are being thrown to them to have fun with they got to know deep down that's not right either. So what responsibility do some of the players have to take on this too? Is they're taking advantage of young women that, you know, are not maybe not wanting to do that. So, I mean, where does the responsibility for everybody involved, you know what I mean? To where it even gets to a point that the coach wants to sit somebody because they're messing with the same girl. Man, that is such a sticky situation, Jim. I don't understand how it could even come to this. If this is the case and players were knowingly participating in something like that and it was non-consensual in a way where, you know, the organization very well could have said, hey, listen, do what you got to do for this guy to make him come to Washington or whatever it might be or your professional career is over, you know. And these girls have been working their whole lives to be cheerleaders. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily in the NFL, but I mean, when they do this, they've done this from the time they were young, small children. You know, this is their life. And so when this is compromised by someone in a position of power, you know, a lot of the times they have no, they feel like they have no choice. So the fact of the matter is if players were responsible and we can, and it's proven that they were involved, there should be action taken against the players. If ownership was involved, there should be action taken against ownership. If it comes out that Daniel Snyder knew what was going on, just like they did with Joe Paterno and the entire staff at Penn State and all that stuff who weren't involved with the whole Jerry Sandusky thing, guess what? You knew about it and you didn't do anything about it. So you're just as culpable and responsible for it. That's just the way I see it. And it will come out to watch. You're you're VP of pro personnel and, and the head of your scouting department your radio personality, you're not going to, you're not going to not know if these guys have harassment cases against them. Everything is going to come across Daniel Snyder's desk. All right, Jim. 
Yeah. Well, well, you know, and the other problem you got here too is that a lot more is still going to come out on this because it's almost like the story broke and then you thought this was going to consume the news for the next few weeks and then it halted like after 24 hours because Daniel Snyder just got multiple lawyers involved and just started contacting people. You have this, you have this, you have this NDA, shut up right now, blah, 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 blah. And it went from something that you thought you were going to see multiple articles day after day because you know how these stories in sports will drag on and drag on. It just stopped because now it's all in the lawyer's hands. And it just goes, just goes to show you NDAs don't mean crap. Listen, if you make someone sign an NDA and that, and that NDA has you keeping quiet a crime, it's coming out eventually. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, there are people that signed uh, the non-disclosure agreements and that have come out and said it anyway. And all that really happens to them, they don't go to jail. I mean, they may get fined. They may have to pay something. So I think uh, even if the women did sign this, they should come out, say what happened, uh, and, and, and deal with whatever consequences there are. And I don't really think, Jim, there's going to be a lot of consequences. Well, look, I mean, the NDA, Mac, that the NDAs were never made for stuff like this. An NDA was made for that. Somebody like you, for example, you know, you sign an NDA with the big guy sports network, and then you go to work for Jill and Bob sports network. You can't speak about how we do our business or run our right. finances or how we prepare for the show or get our guests. That's what an NDA was for. An NDA was not created so that people could go commit crimes or commit sexual assaults. And you can't speak about that. That's and, and, you, and you know, and you know, we're all saying that these girls were forced into this. Let's wait till all the stories come out too. I mean, there might there might have been some girls that 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 weren't forced into it. You know what I'm saying? They might have. So well, yeah, everybody wants to be a celebrity or be with right. Exactly. I mean, so, you've seen some of the celebrities, the guys that play sports. Some of them are not exactly GQ models. Exactly. A lot of women just based on their. So so again, I don't I don't and and I'm not saying that these things aren't true and that these things should be followed and prosecuted if it happened. I'm just saying we got to get a lot more information. And to me, again, Snyder is a coward. He should be out there in front of this saying what happened, what he knew, and what he's going to do to stop this from happening again. I don't care about his lawyers calling anybody up. He's got to go out there and represent the Washington Redskins and make make a comment and a serious plan of how this is going to change. Uh, that's what he's got to do. Yeah, and he lawyered up, so that's kind of that's kind of you know stuck where that is right now. And there's still there's still a lot more that's going to come out at this and we just don't know when it's going to come out because if you're if you're the redskins owner right now the thing you want to see happen the most is you're just like football season can't get here quick enough so they could stop talking about him you know yeah. so, so then they can start talking about why they're losing because of him and, no. and, and, how, and how do you play guys guys how do you play for a team like this when not only is 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 there a name problem and and that's in there now we got this in there how do you go out there and really want to play and represent this team right now that's going to be a big problem not only are they untalented in a lot of positions or i should say untalented because every professional football player is good at his thing but they are not together as a team they're not together uh, uh, as a unit going out there to fight and now you got to deal with this i mean would any of you want to play for an organization like this no, I mean, you want to play for an organization that's run the right way and the one that wins. But so we'll we'll have more on that. You know, we'll get more into that over the next few weeks as things start to develop. 
course, if you have any calls, questions, concerns, you want to mention how you feel about the Redskins, the owner, you could either comment on Facebook. If we, for us to see the comment, you got to do it through the Big Guy Sports page, or you could be friend request me and you could do it there. Or you could call in on the phone line, 732-716-2606. We're always, the phone lines are always open and we'd love to, uh, hear what you have to say about the Redskins. Uh, I give a little shout outs this morning. Good morning to Justin. Good morning to author. Good morning to Ruben, who's from the NFL battle Royal group. How you doing Ruben? Um, so like I said, if you have calls, questions, concerns, we get about anything we're going to talk about coming up or you want to go back and talk about the Redskins. We can do that as well and hear what you have to say. So that's the news on the Redskins as they get, as we get closer and closer to, the start of the season. One thing that did happen yesterday is that the NFL released the training uh, camp schedule for this season. So with that being said, if you take a look at that, everything's starting on time. So training camps opening for all 32 teams. Veterans are set to report July 28th, which I mean, guys were less than two weeks away, right? Rookies are next week. Rookies are on Tuesday. And then you got the quarterbacks and injured players on the 23rd. So everybody's getting ready to go. Everybody's showing up. Um, Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans are the first two teams to have rookies that will show up. They will be the first two teams. All other 28 other teams can come on the Tuesday. I don't know why Kansas City and Houston gets a day early. Not that it matters much, but <clears throat> they get a day early. Um, maybe that's a prize or something. I have no idea. Um, no more than 20 players would be allowed in at one time in the team facility. Now that's the kind of thing that I laughed at off when I read that. Like, I mean, well, can we please just for five minutes, get a touch of reality here. You're going to have 59 people on the damn sidelines on Sunday. What the hell does it matter if there's more than 20 in the team facility? Like, am I going to turn on TV, honestly? Am I going to turn on Sunday TV, and I'm going to get go and watch the Giants, and I'm going to see 20 of the team at the goal, goal line, the other 20 at midfield, and the other 20 at the other goal line? Because if I see that, I mean, it just gets to a point where it gets ridiculous. I mean, these guys can tackle each other, sweat on each other, offenses and defensive linemen but, but are going to be blowing in each other's face and unless you're giving them a mat unless you're wearing a helmet where the players can't breathe at all breath is getting in i mean what are we talking about here with all these restrictions or you want them to play football let them play football i'm sure the football players are saying the same thing like listen this is ridiculous i mean you know what are you gonna do and Imagine John Runyon and Michael Strahan with the battles they had going head to head and trying not to breathe in each other's faces. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> what is going on here, Max? So they're all coming up. They're still trying to work on the safety issues, but you got to be excited, first of all, before we get to safety issues. That's another topic for a whole nother segment. Um, you got to be excited. We'll start Maddie Ice. Maddie, I mean, Everyone's reporting on time so far. So, so far, no hiccups. We shall see. I mean, if they're reporting on time and, and if they got a plan in place, it's good because I was initially under the impression that the NFL was kicking the can down the road on this, coming up with a viable plan for restart. Um, right now with the issues that they're divided on, whether it be the testing and or the quarantine procedures, whatever it might be, they're not on the same page necessarily, the union and the league. 
Well, if they can sort that out, they'll be okay. But if they don't have that sorted out by launch day, I'm not really sure that they will be on time. If Demoris Smith and uh, and some of the players decide they want to hold up and say, hey, you know, Demoris Smith being the head of the NFLPA, mm-hmm. um, if they say, hey, let's put the brakes on this thing for now until we know for sure that you guys have a procedure and a plan in place, then – you know, we better hope it happens by Tuesday. They have a way of usually working this out last minute. You look at the CBAs and stuff like that. They always push it to the limit and, you know, give us the maximum amount of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that they'll, they'll come up with something. I mean, it's a perfect storm. And for- we're, we're definitely going to do a little bit, too, on that safety stuff. Mac, you got to be, you know, like I said to Matt, I mean, it's, you know, you got to be, you got to feel good about the fact that at least, you know, the buildup is there. You know, everybody's reporting on time. I mean, that's a that's a start. You got to start somewhere, right? Might seem like a small thing, but it's actually a really large thing considering that you could you could have everything weeks behind right now and you don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, the NFL is is the most watched sport uh, in the world, basically, not counting overseas with soccer and that. But, I mean, it's showing us that sports – are coming back one way or the other where basketball, hockey, um, um, and, and baseball are all starting up. And the NFL, I, the NFL seems like the most just decisive sport right now. You haven't heard any players really come out and say they're not playing, we're, we're, we're scared of the, the virus. So it looks like that all the teams – are going to be there. I mean, however they work out the practice gym, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I mean, you could change drills up during practice where you're hitting dummies instead of going live. You can you can change up uh, uh, your study studying from into groups somewhere where not everybody's breathing on each other. And I, I think it's going to go in stages. So I'm just happy to see all sports, including the NFL, are now coming coming to the fruition. So. Excellent, excellent. I guess say a couple more. Good mornings to uh, say hello to CJ. Uh, say hello to Ruben. I said hello. I got Samuel, another Jets fan in the house. Justin making friends, making yeah, friends. Justin's got some company today. Justin's got some Jet fan friends. Uh, to the guy who's sending me, I just got a few private messages about some questions, and they're written in Czechoslovakian. I'm sorry, I don't understand Czechoslovakian, so I'm not be able to answer those today. Um, and if you don't believe me, I can take a screenshot and share it later. Um, so, but I appreciate the comment from Kate who speaks Czechoslovakian, um, and beast who sent me another one. I've been overrun in the big guy sports, uh, email box by people talking Czechoslovakian. And I don't have any idea how this possibly happened. And the day we're, we're going worldwide, Jeff. We're going maybe you got worldwide. a good share. Yeah, maybe you got a good share in Eastern Europe somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> this crap up later. I don't know what you mean. We're going worldwide. We're going worldwide. I mean, we're, we're being seen right now everywhere in the world right now. Facebook is everywhere, dude. So if they stumble upon us, you're going to have some weird comments coming in. I'm going to have to ban them. <laughs> so it doesn't even seem legit. It's some guy, you know, I mean, it's probably somebody in a basement somewhere. It's, you know, begging for help, and I can't read the language. So, you know, I'm just saying, I got to clean it all up. Like, I don't even know how this happens. It never happened until today. I must have shared. I shared with the wrong group. I must have some group where, like, people saw it, and there's. it's not really like it's a front for an NFL group. It's really you know, <laughs> a trading group. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so, could be, could be. So, that, but that gets to the second point. 
about the camps is safety. And there's something I want to read down this stuff for the safety because they're still going back and forth talking about the safety issue. And I think in one of them, and I'll get to that in a minute, the NFL makes a really good point. For more so than a century, a our workers and dealers and engineers and technicians. We don't get paid for so anyway, so oh, author said we shared and has a Dutch wife. But this is Czechoslovakian. This doesn't help. Trust me. So they're still talking about um, what they're going to do with the safety issues. And there's one key safety issue, which I think makes a lot of sense. And good morning to Tyrone. So besides talking about the masks, which I've seen some prototypes and it looks like, okay, aside from you not letting the player breathe at all, it looks pretty decent. They're going back and forth about the preseason games. Now they originally cut out two and then the NF, then the NFLPA wanted no preseason. Now, the NFL wants one preseason game, and I think it's the right thing to do because you look at it, the NFL wants to play one preseason game two weeks before the start of the season because what they want to do is they want to have this preseason game, then test everybody and find out how it turned out before they put people in harm's way. So if I'm the NFLPA, I get it. You know, you want to go play the regular season game and get paid. But here's the thing. You get paid for preseason anyway. Why not do that? I mean, it's a lot better than playing the first week of the regular season, testing everyone, and then finding out you have to cancel the season because half the players came away from that game with coronavirus or a third. Why not just play that practice game two weeks before so that way you have enough time to get all the testing done get the results going and find out really where we are mac i mean isn't that the smart way to do it? forget about i know you're 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 how much you love preseason for the battles but i'm not talking about the battle here forget the battles from a safety standpoint isn't it better to to test run a preseason game first yeah i mean listen when when i coached we would practice everything from the subbing it in and out to standing where you stand on the field for the national anthem and how you're supposed to stand. And I mean, you go through every detail about, about the team and, and what I'm saying, how that kind of coincides with this is that I think if it depends on how, like you said, where they're going to line up, uh, are the players all going to be together? Um, how, how are they going to have the, the medical people on standby? How about their training staff? Uh, and as you stated, well, let's see what happens as these two teams play. So, I mean, there there is a lot of different things that that preseason uh, actual game uh, uh, situations are practiced, um, not just you know to see who's going to make the team. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, they could do it twice to if if they wanted to, it'd be fine with me. But they should have something in place where. Um, we got to see what happens, how we're going to be set up, how are we going to work the tent, um, you know, where is everybody going to be standing? All this stuff has to be worked out in a game situation, and, and definitely they should have this and test them uh, two weeks out before the season and see what happens. Say say five people got it. So how are they going to react to that? Do, do we cancel the season, or do we just take those five or ten players uh, 
you know, have them go and quarantine for a couple of weeks and continue to play. So there's a lot of questions, especially with this virus. Well, I see what Maddie, I see what the fans are saying. And good morning to Cody. And I see, and Michael, I see, you know, Tyrone and Ruben and Justin saying, well, we need two, we need two. And about the, the rookies and the UDFAs, but that's not where the fight is with the NFL. They're not, they're not even really fighting about whether or not it's about the rookies. They're just totally the, the NFL wants this for one reason and one reason only just so they can test afterward and see the results. And Maddie, I don't understand why the players are against this. Don't they want to find out how safe it is first? I think they're being a little short-sighted if they're, if they're against this, it really is a little short-sighted because why would you not do this? It, logically just it shouldn't even be a discussion like hey okay the league wants to make sure this is going to go properly we want to know things even simple things as who comes out of what tunnel where the refs are coming from how are we going to be distant on the field are you going to have people spaced out on the sidelines or is there going to be media and press there where are you going to put them in relation to the players you know are they going to be allowed in locker rooms let's see how it rolls let's see where you can do interviews there's all these little details that they can work out if they use a preseason game or two you know and it'll help the guys get back at least get their legs under them a little bit before you go into week one and you've got to go full speed the whole way and you're tackling to the ground you're tackling full speed week one you don't want to go out there stale not having had any sort of live action you know that's how injuries happen that's how guys get put out for the season in week one uh, so I definitely think they should do the preseason games, especially now that the league has come out and made it clear why they want to do it, the testing purposes, the plan they have in place. They've been doing oxygen saturation tests on those masks. It's not limiting the oxygen intake for the players to mesh the kind of mesh they use. So I don't really understand how it's going to even have any residual effect, but that's beside the point. I'm not a scientist. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. And I, I agree everything you said. I much rather would see – get a dry run of how this is going to work. And I'd much rather see, I'd much rather want to find out how the players came out of that first game. You know, did they all, did anyone contract it? How bad did it spread? Because you look at all the other things, you know, out of all the major sports coming back, you know, basketball, hockey, baseball, football, none of them are touching each other as much as football. You know, in basketball, they stopped playing defense a long time ago anyway. This isn't like the Detroit bad boy Pistons where people go to the hole and you're knocking them to the ground like it's football. Nowadays, it's just a highlight film, you know, fest at this point. And hockey, yeah, you're checking each other. But hockey, like, they don't have arms exposed and stuff. They're wearing full-on uniforms. I mean, they're a helmet away from going to war. I mean, in football, it's, you know, you got your sweating on your arms. It's stripping down your face, you know. So you have gloves on. Some people don't have anything protecting the bottom legs. There's a lot of exposure, and you're tackling on every play, you know? So I want to see how it comes out. I want to see what the results are going to be on the field, and I want to see it in practice. I don't want to get all hyped up, you know, go into week one, have everybody play a game and find, you know, the – you know, find that like, like, you know, you play week one, you get all excited. You're like, oh, look, you know, somehow the Giants beat the Steelers. Let's say that happens and you're feeling good about yourself. And the Jets went into Buffalo and win their game. And you're feeling good mm -hmm. about your sports. And all of a sudden the rug is pulled under you in a matter of a couple days because you're already getting ready for next week. 
but you've only got seven days as opposed to if you do it a week before and then you have a week off, they could get everything lined out. I think the NFLPA, their, their proposal was we just want 21 days of workouts and then we'll play. I think, you know, how many people complained during the regular season before the coronavirus? How many people have complained in the past that the NFL not playing their starters long enough in the preseason, because you know they put them in a quarter, pull them, put them in two quarters, pull them. The fourth mm -hmm. game, you see them one series, pull them. How many people always complain and say the product doesn't look as great in week one because the starters don't play enough in preseason? And that's when they at least play a quarter or play two quarters. What is the product going to look like, Mac, when if you play nothing? Is it going to take three weeks before we see a solid product on the field? Oh, definitely. I mean, you're going to talk. You're going to talk an extension of of the preseason there, and if you're not an organized team, and if you don't have a lot of starters coming back in a in a stable uh, coaching staff, you could go oh and three right off the rip. I mean, you know, it's going to be a big advantage to the experienced teams that have been playing a long time together, and you're not going to have you know this young team or this uh, uh, new coaching staff like the Giants uh, that are going to be able to jump out really quick. So, again, Jim, I agree with, with everything you said there. And, like I said, too, I mean, suppose 10 players get the virus. And it's an airborne virus. I don't know if sweat and blood is going to transfer it or not. But they are going to be breathing on each other and laying on each other and, and facing off against each other. But what will happen when 10 players get the virus? How are they going to handle that? Are they going to – I mean, if you're going to have a season, you've got to have something in place for that where these 10 players on, on, on either team have got to go into quarantine. And then we got to see – uh, if we could continue playing football. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, that are up in the air right now, but it looks like football is going forward. Yeah, it yeah. does look like football is going forward, and you you made a lot of good points. It's, both of you guys just hit it on the head about all of it. I mean, it's just something we're going to have to see how it goes. Hopefully they'll come to an agreement. Yeah, and the major sticking one of the major sticking points right now. I think they were talking about was that there there was no number set by the league for the amount of positive tests that would require a team basically to shut it down or go into quarantine. You know, like there's nothing, there's no number that's going to trigger an automatic team quarantine. And I'm saying you put a whole team in quarantine, though. I mean, if you let's say you put the you put the Cleveland Browns into quarantine and they have a game that week, what happens? They just lose. No, the they would just have to go about standard procedure. They would have to forfeit the game. I would imagine that that was the sticking point. Because think about it: if you're practicing with your teammates, you guys are in close contact, you're eating together, you're dressing together, all that stuff like that, and four, four people have it. Odds are more than four people have it. And now you can't put that team on the field. You know, if you've got sixty guys and twenty of your players have it, you don't have a team to field. Okay, so. Even if, I'm not really sure. That's uh, that's a big second chance for the union right now. Is I, that you'd have to cancel, Matt? I don't see. I don't see any way the players will be okay with forfeiting games. I think if yeah, it's, yeah if no, it's, of course not. You but, got to uh, shut the whole team down, then it's not worth playing. I mean, then it's like have a nice day. We'll see you when there's a vaccine. I mean, yeah. much. I mean, you, yeah, you, you can't. You gotta have a limit. I mean, yeah, you can't ask a team to forfeit a game because everybody has corona. I mean, that's just not that's just not fair. They would have to replay it or do so. I don't know how they would handle that. Yeah, might reschedule it. I don't know. Yeah, they would have to. I mean, they would have to if you're gonna push on with this game. So yeah. I mean that would have to be another thing that they would have to work out. But again, guys, I, 
I mean, if you're going to go forward, maybe they gonna maybe they'll come up and carry uh, some other players on their uh, on their on their roster. Maybe this is another thing that they have to to think about. Maybe a whole another uh, twenty guys. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but they are going to have to be prepared for something like that, and hopefully uh, that it doesn't spread throughout the team like that. That they can control the few cases they have. Well, me as a fan too, I want to see that one game. Because I want to see the results as a fan. I want to see what the results come back. Because I'll feel a lot better if they all play one preseason game and they run the test and tell us, okay, out of everybody that played, two people had the virus. Okay, that's not that bad. Two people, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole league. So we'll see what happens. Good morning to Al. Uh, Michael says, on a side note, we should put a cutout of the big guy's sports show at City Field. Michael, if... They would allow us to put a cutout that actually for $86 that actually says the big guy sports radio network and doesn't have to have a person on it. I would so do that, especially if I could get it by an old plate. If I needed to have a face, I would put, you know, and then the shirt could say it. I would have Max face put on it. So Thank you. you see what it's like to sit with the Mets field all season long. Thank you. Thank you. I would definitely absolutely do that if that was an option, but I think they only let you put people. I don't think you're going to see, you know, some guy standing by in home plate with an all state insurance sign on, you know, I think <laughs> not, for 86, not for $86. They're not doing that or whatever it was. So that gets us to our last point of the first hour. And obviously I'm going to put up this graphic. And when you see this graphic, obviously you take out Derrick Henry because the graphic was made for a lot of channels to use. But, you know, Henry signed the class of 2021. And I say potential because you got franchise tags and all that garbage, which if I was an NFL player, the first thing I'd want to get rid of in this league is franchise tags. I just franchise tags do not help the player at all. I know we talked about this and you'll tell me how they have guaranteed money and yada, 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 yada. I don't want that. If I'm a player, I feel like I'm in prison. If I have, if I have a franchise tag, you know, if I want to get out of Cincinnati and they're just going to keep franchising me, the money don't matter to me. I just want to get out of Cincinnati. So and don't, don't sign, don't sign the tag, buddy. Don't yeah. Sign. Then you just get out paid and you're sitting at home. That's worse. I mean, now I don't get paid. Now I can't go spend the summer on that yacht. I was renting for $2 million this year. Now I can't go pay my, you know, pay the girls. I got nothing. Cause I just gave all my money away, you know, to sit home and, you know, play Madden and, you know, hope that Baker doesn't come after me. Is it too oh, soon? No, no. Right, so anyway, so anyway, yeah, I still love him. Listen, nobody's a component of my nobody has been a component of Baker staying on the Giants more than me. I've said it all the time. I still want him until they told him until the judge drops the gavel and says guilty to me, he's a giant. Bring him in. And Rojas is still here. So why not? Mm. Rojas only got hit with three misdemeanors. Only three misdemeanors. Yeah, Listen, I don't think he's going to get cut now. I didn't plan to talk about Rojas. He can for five minutes, but it's only three misdemeanors. I mean, uh, Jay Walker's a <laughs> It's only three misdemeanors. I mean, Jay Walker's a misdemeanor. I mean, they I have guarantee you, stickers in. <laughs> Jim, I guarantee you, based on the details of what have come out about the Rojas case, um, they dropped that down from a felony, buddy. That could have very well been a felony. I guarantee right. you they dropped those down to misdemeanors. Are you cutting them? It's not. Are you cutting them or are you getting them treatment for alcoholism? And well, based on the new agreement, he's going to have to get treatment. Based right. on the new agreement, he, they have to allow him to get right now, And I would assume the league is going to suspend him for a few games, right? So the Giants have to bring in a kicker for at least a few yeah. games. Here's what's yeah. going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. All right. So and good morning to John has joined us. A lot of good friends today. If 
Rojas comes to camp, okay? And then you bring in some other guy, whoever you bring in, Goskowski, whatever. The league hits Rojas with a three- or four-game suspension. I don't know. We'll see. If he plays really well, Rojas will be out of a job. But if the filling guy plays three games and misses half of his kicks, I promise you Rojas will be back kicking for the Giants as soon as the suspension's over. If Rosas was a, uh, 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 a pro bowler just a couple of seasons ago, he went from pro bowl to toilet bowl is what I had said to somebody the other day. Rough year last year, rough go at it. I'm wondering if maybe the drinking was an issue during the season last year. I'm wondering if maybe that had an effect. Maybe he got a little bit too high on his horse after making the pro bowl and being considered – really being considered at the end of that season one of the best kickers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay. He led the league in touchbacks. He had – a ton of 50-plus yard field goals. His accuracy was a top two in accuracy. He was number two in accuracy, field goal percentage, extra points and things like that. And then next, you know, the next season, it's like, brother, did you even practice in the offseason? Did you practice this week? What are you doing? So I think that it's gonna, he's probably going to use the angle of, you know, I have an issue, I need help, because that's a good thing for them in the new CBA and the new agreement. He's going to get his help. They're going to have somebody fill in for a couple weeks, and hopefully he can come back and kick for the Giants because he's got a – Rosas has a ton of talent, and he just needs to refocus and get back to it. Exactly, exactly. And, Mac, look, Cody here is like my doppelganger today. He says, give me Logan Ryan. Cody, I've been telling people to bring in Logan Ryan for weeks. I'm on my own here. I'm walking the, pl- the plank here. I'm the only one who says bring in, but you got the right money. You have to have the right money. Ten million dollars. You got to give a uh, Mac. You got to give the Giants some credit here in the fact that, unlike a lot of franchises, they're not rushing to judgment. They haven't officially cut Baker. They haven't cut Rojas, which I don't. I agree with what Maddie Ice just said. I don't think they're going to cut Rojas. I think they're going to send him to treatment. That's why it is a big difference between felony and misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. So misdemeanor allows treatment and come back. Right. Felony involves getting cut. They're going to they're going to let him get treatment, bring him back. They haven't rushed to judgment. They they could have after the report came out that he was paying people off, they could have cut him the next day. Everybody said they were going to, and now here we are. It's Sunday. He's still technically yeah. a member of the Giants. So you know, you got to give him credit for doing the due diligence, at least, before rushing to judgment. And I think that a lot of this is a Joe Judge thing. Because in the past, you would have seen quick judgment. I think Joe Judge is probably more of a, you know, we take our time and we do our due diligence. Just like Bill Belichick this did, you know, because that's who he learned from. I mean, you look at when uh, Brown was there. Brown, they waited till the last possible minute when they had no choice. You know, they waited until they had the proof in their hands that he was texting that girl. You know, they're, you know, you got to be happy that the Giants are doing the due diligence. They're not going crazy and rushing to judgment. Right. Well, the the Giants are are known for, uh, for how disciplined they are with their, with their players. I mean, you're saying that the, 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 uh, you know, the league will suspend Rosas. The Giants might suspend Rosas, even if he does go for treatment. So it might be more than three games. I mean, just to make an example of, of Rosas and what he did. I mean, what he did, if there was somebody else, somebody could have got killed there. I mean, that guy could, yeah. that that was not just poor judgment. That he was just got crazy. killed. Did you see he the truck? Himself, yeah. the truck was, that his, was his, pick, his pickup was a disaster. That, that, that was just 
playing stupid. That wasn't just poor judgment. Baker is gone. We all know that. I don't care when they make the announcement. I mean, he's he's going to be lucky he isn't doing uh, jail time. Rosas worked out a deal, I guarantee, with the prosecution. Maybe it was a, a first-time offense and, you know, whatever, and he did, agreed to do treatment through them. That had to have happened. Uh, so, I don't know, Jim. I don't know how long Rosas will be out when the Giants get done with him, too. I mean, the league will go first. Well, sometimes if the Giants suspend you, the league will say, we'll just do with that suspension. So, they might try to hit it at the pass right there. True, but you're still rep- true, but you're still representing the NFL, and you're out there drinking and driving and driving 100 miles an hour and crashing into people. I mean, that's bad for the NFL, too, just to – I mean, especially with everything else that's going on in Washington right now. I mean, somebody – you know, it, it's just bad timing for everybody right now. So, I mean, Rosas may miss half the season. They have to bring in a decent kicker. Right. They don't. They don't really know how long he's going to be out. So, I mean, they have to bring in some kicker right now. Listen, the first trial. Tyrone says, you know, I mean, not Tyrone. Doug is here to let us know we stink. Doug, listen, I love your enthusiasm, but I, there's a 50-50 chance you're coming out in the Redskin report when it gets released. So I don't. Know. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about the Giants when you're. This is bad. When your players for, trade in cheerleaders. This is bad for the league. This With is bad the for the Giants. Okay, let me tell you why this is really bad for the Giants. Because Dave Gettleman, per usual, wants to come out and, as usual, foot and mouth syndrome. And he says, the culture change is complete. The culture change is complete? Buddy, we weren't having players locked up in DUIs and robberies and stuff like that before you got here. All right. He didn't so, draft Rojas, though. Did he get him in now? No, no. He didn't draft Rosas. No, that's not, that's beside the point, though. Don't sit here and say the culture change is complete when you don't know what the culture is in your locker room yet. Yes, they've turned over the entire roster and stuff like that, but they need to save some face here, too. Don't don't forget this. Dave Gettleman. question about that. How do you, as a Giants general manager, how do you possibly – like, Rojas never gave you any signs that he was a problem. So how do you even – how can you as a GM ever guarantee a culture change fix? You can't control everybody. He didn't give us any signs publicly other than the fact that he wasn't performing on the field. Okay, we don't know. You know the Giants are a quiet, sealed-up organization sans Odell Beckham Jr. saga, right? We don't, we're not going to hear. They're not going to come out and say, oh, our kicker's got a drinking problem, boys. <laughs> See you next Sunday. Okay, they're going to try to take care of it in-house, and they're gonna, they got to save some face, you know, and – I don't think I think Dave Gettleman's done a fine job drafting. I think his drafts since he's been here have been absolutely excellent. I thought he's brought in some great players, gotten some great value for the places he's picked some guys. I have no complaints. His free agency has been a little more than questionable. All right. So he knows that if, if things start to fall apart here, it's over for him. If Giants don't go above 500 or better this year, Dave Gettleman might not be the GM of the New York Giants next year. Kids. See, that's a little the only place I disagree with that is I don't think they have to go. I think if the Giants, they just went four and 12. I think if the Giants went seven and nine this year and you saw Brown, uh, you saw Danny Dimes grow to the next level. You saw Saquon have a good season. You saw uh Thomas does pretty well. Pert comes in later, does well. McKinney looks like a good draft pick. If they go seven and nine, improve on three wins, and the young players play well, I think Gettleman's still here next year. I don't think he has to have a winning record. Go seven and nine and have some close games. If you lose them, lose right. them close. Right, yeah. I mean, if he goes you know? five and 11, he's history. Exactly. You know, you know it, it's funny because every group that, that 
I'm associated with as far as the Giants go, and they bash Gettleman constantly. And I'm, and and you know something, the prop, the biggest problem I have with that is when Gettleman came here, and he's this is his third year. It's not like he's been here ten years. He hasn't. He has. He has. He's the reason the Giants are so bad over the past, you know, eight years or, or, or however bad they've been. Um, he comes in the 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 uh, salary cap is is screwed he has no money at all to work with he he's trying to plug in and play when he first gets here and trying to bring in veterans to see if the giants can keep winning with eli manning so he gives that a shot the owners hire schumer uh a a totally incompetent head coach and he's been doing nothing but drafting saquon barkley uh daniel jones uh uh hill uh, lawrence uh i mean he's been he's him and his scouting group has found all this talented young players. And to to hold Gettleman responsible for them being bad the last eight years is ridiculous. Well, you this know guy, how it is in this, sports, right? Well, this guy, this way, Jim, this guy built the Carolina Panthers into a Super Bowl team. He was there when the Giants, on the staff, as one of the scouts, when the Giants had two Super Bowl teams. This guy knows what he's doing. He, his personality, he should stay off, he should stay off there. He should just yeah have somebody do his spokesman for him because he tries to be cute. He tries to be like I know. Just get you misunderstood. I'm available, Dave. I'm available. Spokesman. He makes a lot of bad jokes. He makes a lot of jokes he shouldn't yeah. make, and he and people take it the wrong way. And he, like he's trying to be facetious or like trying to be like a little smart butt, and it comes across wrong. And it comes across as arrogant and braggadocious. Yeah. And people people don't like that personality out of an older gentleman that's a GM of a, of a pro football team, Jim, right? But you know how it is, though. Like, when you're losing, they don't pay attention to anything you do right. Like, when you're winning, even the bad stuff you do, nobody cares about. If the Giants were back-to-back playoff teams almost in the Super Bowl, nobody would be talking about Gettleman or Rojas at all. But when you're losing, you know, that's just how it is. You don't get credit for the good stuff because you nailed it on the head. Uh, hello, you only have Saquon Barkley because Dave Gettleman didn't go with the peer pressure to take Sam Darnold because if for Josh Rosen, everybody wanted him to take Darnold because they said, you never draft a running back at number two. And he said, well, yes, I do. And you have Barkley. You've every, if, if Dave Gettleman listened to all the closet GMs we have as fans, which we all are, we all do it. So I'm not making fun of the fans. We're fans. He wouldn't have taken Daniel Dimes. He would have took Haskins. Louis Riddick wanted Dwayne Haskins. Louis Riddick said, I would have never drafted Daniel Jones. You have to take Dwayne Haskins right Right. there. You would have took Haskins. who So he got that right. Um, You wouldn't have had Lawrence. You wouldn't have, uh, hello, Slayton. Another GM didn't draft Slayton. Gettleman drafted Slayton. So it's easy to point out all the mistakes when your team stinks. But the only thing Gettleman has really done wrong since he got here is two things, which in one of them I don't even think is wrong. He drafted Baker, which was not wrong. He drafted Baker based off a guy who played at Georgia and didn't allow touchdowns. How is that a mistake? You want to blame Baker, but you want to blame Gettleman because a year later Baker decided to go pull a gun on someone over a game of Madden? Like he could predict that. For all he knows, Daniel. Jones could go out and sniff Coke tomorrow. He doesn't know. He doesn't. He's not babysitting them. He's not following them around. The only thing Gettleman has done since he got here is hired Shermer. 
He and not he hired a coach that did not have a winning pedigree to take over a team because and and he only did that for one reason and one reason only. He did that because when he came into the league, when he came over here, he wanted to run it old school where the GM had all the control and Shermer was a yes man. <clears throat> so that's why he did it. But then when Shermer got fired and the, the owners told him, said, listen, you better hire someone who's going to have some say because your job's on the line now because the Giants owners came out publicly and said Gettleman's running out of chances. <clears throat> so now you have Judge. Let me just get in on a few of the comments real quick. Elijah mentions he wanted Riddick for GM. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to lie up front. When they, were, when they were fighting for the GM spot and it was between Riddick and Gettleman, I wanted Riddick too because I thought he was younger and more. But in hindsight, then right now, Haskins would be our quarterback. <clears throat> and I'm not so sure that I like that because I don't like him. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, yeah, McAdoo is terrible. Tyrone wanted Bradley Chubb. I mean, there's all, there's all you know, different people. Um, out there, Elijah says, I wanted Allen. I think Danny Dimes will be better than Allen because I think Allen doesn't have the accuracy of Danny Dimes. I mean, I'm not knocking Allen because I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback. But I think that in the long run, Danny Dimes will put up better stats than Josh Allen would. Josh Allen might have more wins because he plays on the better roster, but that's a totally different thing. But Gettleman, Let's not bash the poor guy. I mean, because it's just easy to do that when you're four and two. And trust me, if the Giants go five and eleven this year, Gettleman's not going to be your GM anymore. Believe me that. So and and, and one, one other thing, Jim. When they hire a head coach, the GM is not the one signing on the line. This head coach is interviewed several times by the owners. It's not the GM saying, hey, listen, Tish. Hey, listen, Mara, this is the guy I want. This is the guy I suggest. He may suggest it. He may have a pool of, of different coaches that he suggests. The owner, after the interviews with the owners, is when that head coach gets hired. So to place that all on Gettleman, too, is very is, – it's just not right. I mean, the owners of the Giants have not been the best owners over over the history of the Giants. I mean, I could go on two hours about the Giant owners. Well, we still the, have won four Super Bowls, so it's not that bad. I mean, well, you know, well, you want to know something? The giant owners didn't do that. That was Bill yeah, Parcells. I can because let me let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. They were trying to get rid of Parcells a year after he was hired there. Okay, they had a shot to get Bill Belichick. Didn't take it. They had a shot when they were hiring Schumer to get Bill Belichick, and they didn't take advantage of that opportunity. So I, I I'm going to tell you, there are some things that I could go on about the Giants owners that I know all about them. For, for hours. I'm not going to do that because right. we've had this argument before. I, I've yeah. mm -hmm. disagree. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm in like a, uh, <laughs> I've heard this already. <laughs> how I feel that Belichick does not mean the Giants would have won because Elon it just, Tom Brady. So it just pushes, cool. it just pushes my bu buttons. invited to their, their, you know, their, their media day sit downs when the coronavirus is over and drinking punch and sitting hanging out. You might want to get on the owner's good side. And the right. so I mistook, they were talking about Josh Allen, the defensive player. Yes, yeah, absolutely yeah, amazing yeah. to have Danny Dimes and Josh Allen, the defensive player. That would have been, been awesome. We're so but, strived for a good defensive end, but that's mm -hmm. not the case. Go ahead, Matt. Tyrone said that Georgia front seven was very productive. Uh, for DeAndre Baker, basically insinuating that, you know, he was so good in coverage because the front seven was so good. How many linebackers were first and second round picks? Well, Tyrone, the answer is one. And it was uh, Roquan Smith to the Bears. He went number eight overall. Outside of him, it was Lorenzo Carter. We drafted him in the third round. 
it was, again, Roquan Smith, you went to the Bears, and you had DeAndre Walker got drafted in the fifth round. Uh, Tay Crowder got drafted, again, by the Giants' seventh round. So to say that he had a, a bunch of first and second rounders is completely inaccurate, my man. I don't so. understand why everybody's so, like, second-guessing the Baker thing. Like, it just doesn't – That was a great pick, man. That was, he was a good pick. And if let me tell you something. If Baker hadn't gone and went all nutty playing football as I – playing Madden, we would not be having this conversation right now. Everybody mm -hmm. high on Baker talking about how he's going to rebound and he looked good the last four games of the season and they he feel did. confident with him and Bradbury. It's so easy to, to, to just second guess things when you have the end result. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. But Gettleman didn't have the end result. He didn't have a magic ball. So anyway, I wanted to get into the free agent class of 2021. But I also want us to have time to go over each team. So we're going to go with our countdown first. And if we get to the 2021 running back class, we'll do it. I don't want to rush it. I want to give it its due. If we don't get to it, we'll bring it next Sunday on the table because we have plenty of days left before football. So as you know, last week, we started the first part of our eight-part series of where each week we, we – all three of us sent in a list of our – NFL teams going into the season ranked one to 32. Then we put it into like, I want to call it a program or a system and had it average it out for us and got us our official, the big guy sports network top 32. Okay. And don't think that's as easy as it sounds because there was, I can promise you, they don't know the results of what it came out. And I can promise you that there are some people who had team at a team at eight that someone else had it at 16. So, we did this and we decided that as part of the eight part series, you know, each week we would release four teams at a time, taking us right to the start of the NFL season. So last week we did 32 through 29. We had the Redskins as the worst team in football. This is based on the average of three sheets. We had the Bengals 31. We had the Jaguars 30 and the Lions 29. Those were the four that we introduced last season. To last week. Now today for part two, 28 through 25, these guys have no idea who fell where. So when I show to you, I'm showing it to them. So this is good. This is like real TV, real TV on the spot. No, <laughs> So we're going to do that today and we hope you enjoy it. And if you like the show and we appreciate all the fans checking in today, help us out, support us, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the big guy sports. We have article. We have eight writers on staff that are writing articles every day. If you check out our website, the big guy sports.com, a lot of exciting things. Trust me coming in, in August, a lot of exciting things. So anyway, let's get to this. So we are up to number 28, 28. Now, who do you think came in at 28? You get, throw me one name, Mac, who came in at 28? The Jags. The Jags were 30 last week, Mac. How can I, <laughs> I, figured, I figured I'd throw it out there. Well, so so we're saying that Oakland wasn't in our bottom our bottom four average out last week, right? Is that what we're saying? Not 29 through 32, no. Okay, so then I would go with the Raiders. All right, who you got, Matt? Who is I would have to I would have to say that it's mm, gonna upset somebody. I'm gonna say the Raiders as well. I'm gonna agree with Mac. All right, coming in. At number 28 is, let's head to the graphics. Bam. 
Chicago Bears are in oh. at 28. Let me remove that banner so you can see. There you go. The Chicago Bears are coming in. Got a nice little picture of the Mitchell Trubisky looking like he wants to kill Salty. Nick Foles. Nick Foles <laughs> happy. I picked that picture on purpose so we can see. So the Chicago Bears come in at 28. And let me get you a little bit of insight on this since I, you know, throwing it on you. There you go. So last year, and I actually, as I was doing this, I was a little bit surprised. I didn't actually think the Bears were that good that last year. They went eight and eight, which is not bad. They actually played well in the division going four and two. And if you look, their defensive rank was seven. So the Bears, for some reason, I don't know why it was in my head that the Bears were like five and 11 and they were like eight and eight. So um, look at some good veteran additions. They added Nick Foles who's going to fight for the starting job, as you saw in my picture. Trubisky wants him dead. You got Nick Foles. You got Ted Ginn came over. Ted Ginn still got something left in the tank. Jimmy Graham, hey, you represent. We love you, Jimmy. I don't know how much Jimmy Graham has left in the tank, though. He's been a little slow. Been a little slow. Robert Quinn to Sean Gibson. Uh, they drafted Cole Komet. They needed a tight end. They needed a tight end. So Komet was a good pick. Jalen Johnson. They lost Chase Daniels. Who cares? They lost Taylor Gabriel. Eh, who cares? Trey Burton. I don't care. Kyle Long. Yeah. You know, Leonard Floyd never, Leonard Floyd never lived up to his pick. He's out of Georgia, I believe, isn't he? Leonard Floyd yep. never lived up to his draft status. He had like one good year. Um, so the Chicago Bears, starting at the top, Mac, when you look at the numbers, the Bears look like they could find a way to slide into the playoff conversation this year, yet we have them at 28. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised. You know, I didn't pick them uh, that low, but that's close to the bottom. Um, you know, the Bears' defense has been – was – Always good. I mean, you can go back to Monsters of the Midways to the 80s, and then last year, the year before, they had an awesome defense. Their defense is still real, real solid. The biggest problem they've had over last year was Trubisky. I mean, he uh, no non-existent running game too. I want to I want to stress that because uh, when you don't have a running game, it's hard to set up your passing game. So. Um, yeah, Trubisky had a little problem with his accuracy, had a little problem turning the ball over. Uh, they couldn't sustain drives. So they were losing, you know, games uh, by field goals or at the end of this at the end of the game where they just couldn't score. And and the defense, the 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 bear defense right now is not good enough just to win the game. And uh, so that's the problem they had. That's why they went out and got Foles, and that's why Foles will be starting this year. I don't know if it's gonna change their uh they're standing any, but uh, they should be have an okay team. Well, let me tell you, son. I wish I bet Mitchell Trubisky, if he was watching this, wishes you were his coach because you said he had a little problem with accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that guy because Mitchell Trubisky had a big problem with accuracy. Um, Matt, almost like the same question. Eight and eight, they go four and two in the division that has the Packers and the Vikings. So that means they they weren't you know bad in the division. Why can't this be a playoff team? I mean, they're right on the that's right on the cusp at eight and eight. Um, looking at their schedule coming in, I think it's it's not necessarily favorable for them to make the playoffs in that division, my man. Granted, they open up against Detroit. We know they're gonna beat up on Detroit. Uh then they the Giants, the Falcons, it's gonna be a tough game. The Colts, Buccaneers, Panthers. 
All right. Then they've got to play the Rams, Saints, Titans, and Vikings all right before their bye week. Okay. So they can very well just go 0-4 right down that stretch because they can't score with those The Giants play the Bears early, like week two, three, real early. I believe so. We play play them week two Yeah, in New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry, in Chicago. We play them in Chicago. We have to go to Soldier Field play them in Chicago. All right, and then after the bye week, they got to come out, and then they play Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Green Bay again. So their schedule is going to be really tough, especially going to Green Bay down there week 17. Uh, I'm sorry, Green Bay coming to them week 17, and them going to Green Bay right after the bye week in November. Two, It's going to be two late-season tough games in cold weather. Um they're going to have to be able to run that ball, and I don't think they have that capability late in the season. Uh, I don't think they have the offensive line to do it effectively, and uh, I don't think they will be a playoff team, not with Minnesota and Green Bay being in that um, in that division. Well, we have them 28, so according to our list, they're like 5-11. and 11. <laughs> I'm surprised they're that low, but I'm, 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 I'm not – I don't have too high of an expectation for them. <laughs> so, on a, so, real quick – who starts the season as the QB, uh, Matt, um, Trubisky, or Foles? Game oh, one. Foles for sure. Game you have to go with Foles coming in game one. You Matt, have to. Same, same opinion? Oh, definitely. That's why you signed him with that big contract. I mean, that's yeah, that's to. why he came over there. He didn't come over here to sit on the, the second string making that money when Trubisky isn't. So yeah, Trubisky's a bum. <laughs> He's a bum. <laughs> All right. Well, Trubisky, I personally – don't think you should start, but just in case you ever wind up as the Giants' backup, I don't think you're a bum. And you're welcome to come on anytime. <laughs> I'm just I mean, yeah, you're welcome to come on, but you're not playing well, sir. Oh, yeah. But I'm just trying to keep him on the good side. You know, keep him on the good side. Love you, man. So, I love him coming out of college. Absolutely. So, got drafted way higher than he should have, but that's a tough mm. story for another day. Talk North, about staying on his good side. North Carolina does not produce a lot of good NFL quarterbacks. I can't even think of one good NFL quarterback that came out of North Carolina. I can't think of one that came out of Duke either, but now we got one, so no, it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who was our man on the Giants from Duke? Are you going to talk about Brown, our quarterback, Dave Brown? Dave Are you, Brown. Seriously? Dave Brown, baby. Seriously. Boy Danny Dimes. What? You know? Danny Dimes came out. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, Trash Binsky. Duke doesn't, Trash. Need, Duke doesn't need to produce lots of basketball football players because they produce so many good basketball players. So we don't need best to, of the best. You know, so we don't need to produce that. So uh, Tyrone called him Trash Biscuit. That was a fan that called you Trash Binsky, not us. Uh, Trubisky should be a career backup. Hello, Ryan. Nice to see you. Um, so that came in at 28. So the Bears. So – who you got at 27? Are you just going to keep naming the Raiders till you get to them? Or who you guys think is at 27? I mean, I don't know how Oakland got higher than the Bears, to be honest with you guys. I you have no idea. The list. I, just no, I, I had Oakland second to last. I don't who Who put Oakland at number one? That's all I want to know. Why they, I can't give out that information. Oh, my God. I can look at my list. I'm just telling you it's a three-team average. So who you got now? So you're saying it's Oakland now. Got to be the Raiders. You staying with Oakland, Matt? Where did I put Oakland on You can't look at this is cheap. No. Okay, uh, Carolina. Carolina, okay. So, coming in, I got to look at the, the list. I wrote it down, too, so I hit the right graphic. Coming in at number 27 is, bam, Carolina. Wow. Oh, bonus points. So, new head coach Matt Rule, who many thought was a cinch to come to the Giants, takes over Carolina. 
In his first move in Carolina since getting there, he lets Cam Newton go, releases Cam Newton, who went over to, uh, obviously, the Patriots. He let Kyle Allen go, who goes over to Washington and is my future pick to be their starting quarterback. And he brings in Teddy Bridgewater to run his offense. Brand-new quarterback, brand-new system. He brings in Robbie Anderson, who the Jets let go for peanuts. Peanuts. He brought, oh, in, Seth, he brought in Seth Roberts. And if you ain't watched Oakland football, Seth Roberts can play. He brought in Seth Roberts. He brought in Russell Akun, who, you know, getting up there in the tooth a little bit, but he's there. He brought in our our, our boy Eli Apple. Eli Apple is, goes over to Carolina after he couldn't stay out of trouble here and was always in the media. They picked Derek Brown, who is a great defensive tackle pick in the first round out of Auburn, I believe, hopefully. They brought in Matos, a, high, a good defensive end, who I believe is out of Penn State. Yep. Well, I'm on it today, getting my colleges right. Whew, yeah, like I, I paid attention during the draft for a change. All right. They lost Greg Olson. It doesn't matter. He's already halfway to TV. Gerald McCoy is getting up there. Eric Reed is up there. James Bradbury came to the Giants. Uh, we'll start down. We'll start at the top this time. Mac, 5-11 uh, and 11 last year. They went 2-10 and 10 in the NFC, which is not that good. Um, offensive 22nd, defensive 25. New coach, new system. Signed Teddy Bridgewater to a multi-year deal. He's the man there. They didn't go out and draft a quarterback as his backup to put pressure on him. So it's going to be Teddy's show for a while. Um, I think you feel like me, I guess, if they fell at 27, where it's going to take them a little time to get the system down. And, you know, maybe more than a year, Mac. What do you think? Yeah, maybe, maybe they never do. I mean, we know the history of college coaches coming up and playing at the pros. I mean, Nick Saban, probably the greatest college coach of all time. Um, the guy I'm trying to remember his name slips my mind right now that came over uh, from uh, the quick offense he ran over with Oregon. I can't remember his name right now. He gave it a shot and did, didn't last. Uh, even even uh, Lou Holtz. I mean, there's great college coaches that do come up and they just can't run a professional uh, football program. Even Pete Carroll had a problem when he first came up with the Patriots. So, I mean, to say that this will work, I don't know. I know he got paid a lot, a lot of money for a rookie coach, and and, and the Giants, that's why the Giants kind of said, you know, you can go uh, coach at Carolina. It's a rookie It's a rookie coach, it's a, a successful college coach. We'll see if he can put it together. I mean, I think he's at least a couple years away if it works out uh, to begin with. Well, Matty Ice, I mean, as we sit here and we look at Carolina, um, you know, if we're being honest with each other, if Matt Rule wanted to be the Giants head coach, that's where he'd be. He would be the Giants head coach. He would be the Giants head coach first. But you look at this, so um, I, I wasn't shocked that they let Newton go, not because I don't think Newton has talent, just because of the injury. I was a little shocked that they let Kyle Allen go because he played so well. Uh, he brings in, he's fully committed to Teddy Bridgewater, but I guess you're of the same mindset based on the rankings. They're going to need a year or two to get the system down. Yeah, they're going to have to get it going. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to come in and all of a sudden be a college quarterback again to run that system. He's going to have to get adjusted. Um, DJ Moore, great wide receiver. They've got some good guys on the outside there that can really play ball. As far as a rookie class is concerned, there's only been one time since 2014 that a rookie draft pick has started all 16 games for the Panthers, mm -hmm. um, and only 12 times in 
team history has a rookie draft pick started all 16 games and never more than one out of the entire season. They've got five different rookies that could potentially start this year on that team. All right, on defense. They drafted all defense. We know what they're looking to do. They're looking to revamp the entire thing. With Keekly going to end up being out of there. He's out of there. Ron Rivera once said a rookie needs about 5,000 snaps. You know, 5,000 snaps to really get into the system. And they're not coming anywhere near that in the first couple weeks of the season, <clears throat> or especially before the season starts. So I think they're going to be a mess on defense because all these rookies, all these young guys are going to struggle a little bit. And uh, offensively, they've got the only player outside of a quarterback being Christian McCaffrey with more than a 60% chance to win the MVP. They're going to give him 500 touches if they can, 1,000 touches if they can, 1,500 touches if they can, 5,000 touches if they can, Jim. That's the only way the Carolina Panthers have any success this year is Christian McCaffrey carrying them on his back. Yeah, and I agree with what you said in it. You know, they're not worried too much about offense. We know that Teddy Bridgewater can play. I mean, we know Teddy Bridgewater could play before he got hurt. He showed what he could do when he took over for the Saints. They have solid offense. I mean, you just said it. You hit it on the head right there. I mean, you know, Christian McCaffrey is regarded as number one running back in the league. Um, he's going to get lots of touches. Robbie Anderson is finally ready to take that leap, which is why we always get on the Jets about why did you let Robbie Anderson go when now he's taking off? Uh, um you know, Seth Roberts can play. Offense is not an issue. And as you said, they draft defense, defense, defense. So for Carolina, as soon as they mold that defense into a good unit and get them experience, they will win games. So it's just a matter of how long does that take? Do they win games in next year? How long does it take to mold the defense? As soon as they mold the defense, they are going to win games and win a lot of them. So it's just, you know, Matt Rule's going to get years to prove it. Matt Rule, they didn't sign in that big money deal and give him a lot of control down there to come in here and if he stinks after two years, he's gone. Rule will get at least three or four years out of that contract to see if he can mold it. Comes from championship stock. He was on Coughlin's staff with the Giants, and uh, he knows what it takes to build a winning team uh, on a professional level. He's been a part of it, although at a low level in the staff. Uh, granted, Baylor, they don't know what a defense is in that conference or at that school for that matter but we'll see what happens we will some comments uh kevin says how how does people swear that danny dimes is so good well it's not it's not first of all the three wins is not a reflection i think we won four games the four wins is not a reflection of danny dimes a reflection of the team is not good and if you take out his fumbles he had a great rookie year put up a lot of yards put up a lot of touchdowns didn't throw a lot of interceptions i think was one of the only if not the only rookie to ever throw four, two, three or three games of four touchdowns in a game. I mean, so, I mean, the stats. 400 that, yards and four touchdowns. He yeah, if he doesn't fumble, he's the great quarterback. Now, if he doesn't learn to stop fumbling, that could be the difference between good and great. So um, that was number 27. So it's interesting because I know I see it, Max, like, where the hell are the Raiders? So... I guess you're going to ride this one out until the Raiders come out at 20. You're going to have to. I mean, you're going to have to. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the Raiders are, are better than the Panthers or the Bears. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a three-man list. That's what makes it interesting. Everybody's got their own opinion. I look yeah. at where you guys put some of these teams on this list later, and I'm like, holy cow. So who knows? Yeah, okay. Matt, you're going to say Oakland on 26, or are you going to ride someone else? I'm going to say Denver. 
you say Denver. He's he's looked at his list now, so he's kind of like he feels like he's in the ballpark. Well, that's what happens when you put that thing up. Maddie goes to work. You know, you put that thing covers our faces. And <laughs> so I haven't even seen that yet. Come in at twenty six. Can we make Mac happy? That's the question. Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Right. Los Vegas. I still call them Oakland. That's okay. Yeah. I wrote Las Vegas on the other graphic. Oh, it says Oakland. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders now with John Gruden. I will tell you one thing. No matter what happens, see, I got Las Vegas over here. No matter what happens, the stadium looks badass. So I don't know about anything else, but the stadium looks pretty cool. It looks like they're playing in a spaceship, and I dig it. I dig it because that means if they're really bad, the thing can lift off the air and just take off and go to Mars, and then we never got to see them again. I'm digging it. So the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, this is another team a lot like the Bears that I honestly felt like they were a lot worse than 7-9. and nine. Like I have no idea how they wound up 7-9. and nine. They went 5-3 and three at home, but if you look, the biggest concern for them is their offense and defense were both in the bottom three and four of the league. Oof. Bad, bad, bad. Um, they brought in Marcus Mariota, who I'm sorry, but he does not impress me at all. Devontae Booker, Nelson Aguilar, who dropped so many passes that a guy in Philadelphia, I don't know if you remember that video, he caught a baby that was thrown from a window from a fire. And when they interviewed him, he said, yeah, we, we caught the baby. We don't drop things like Nelson Aguilar. He said it on the air. I remember that. They're brutal in Philadelphia. Um Jason Witten, he's not the Jason Witten you're all used to. He's very slow and down the home stretch. So I was glad the Giants didn't bring him in. There was a lot of talk about <clears throat> Jason Witten coming in and like for what? You know, uh, Prince Ak- Makumura is still oh. hanging out there, man. There was Prince oh. putting a couple good years in New York. Exciting. Right? He put up a couple good years. They drafted Henry Ruggs which was a controversial pick at the time because they thought they were going to take the other Alabama wide receiver. But he fell because of his leg injuries. He fell a few picks. Uh, That was a good pick. They picked up – keep an eye on this guy. I want to mention this guy so you all keep an eye on him so you say Jim mentioned him. Wide receiver Brian Edwards. Just keep that name in your head. The kid can play. Don't let the draft – don't let the round fool you. All right? They lost Mike Glennon. Yeah, who cares? Mike Glennon's that guy who everyone says he's got starter potential and he's never started. So I don't know. AJ McCarron. Exactly. So DeAndre Washington. AJ McCarron's winning anyway because he married that lady. So he's he's winning. Devontae's perfect. I mean, they, the best thing they ever did was let him go because all he does is hit people and get suspended. Um, Jonathan Hankins, they lost too. Another former Giant. And all you Giant fans out there remember Hankins. So, all right, Mac, you always lead us off. So the Las Vegas Raiders have made their way to 26. Tell me something about the Raiders positive. Give me a positive besides the stadium. The coach, John Gruden. I mean, that's the only reason why they're seven and nine. He's a great coach. Um, he can get a lot of out of a lot of different players, he can get a lot of stuff from them. Um they, I, I don't understand the rebuilding process right now with Marcus Mariota. I mean, there was other quarterbacks out there that could have been a, a He's not know, a pickup. David, I understand that. I understand that. But it's still important that you get, even as a backup, Jim, that you get somebody that's knowledgeable, that's been in, in, in big games, knows how to read defenses. And Marcus was okay, but he was he was definitely not one of the one of the better veterans he could have picked up. I, I, I – he – 
Gruden, for, for all that he's worth, is a very knowledgeable man. And as I said, he knows how to motivate his players. And, and that's why they were 7-9 and nine and they were so poorly ranked. They'll find ways to win. Um, there's a lot of questions at the quarterback right now. Is he going to be there next year or not? I think that they're going to be a, a little bit better than they were last year, but not much. I think they're a couple years away from rebuilding to, to really become a force over there. So that's the only reason why I can figure they made 7-9, and nine, and that's the only reason that they were 7-9. So let me ask you, Matt, uh, they get rid of Khalil Mack. They get rid of Cooper. They basically start from, they basically start from scratch. Uh, they have a nice young running back over there. You got to figure the time is running out on, on uh, David, on Carr. Like this has to be his last year to prove, right? I mean, that's, he's had one good year his whole career. So Yeah, that's basically why they brought in a guy like Mariota. Because even if things don't work out with Carr, he can come in there and run for his life at the very least. Okay. <laughs> at the very least, he can come in there and run for his life. Josh Jacobs, man, I love this kid, Josh Jacobs, that running back out there. Oh, man, I love that guy. He's going to run you over. He's going to run around you. He's fast enough. He can, he can do it all. All right? He's going to be a name up there with the top five running backs in the NFL in the next year or so. Their offensive line is not too impressive, obviously. And their defense, granted, they, grant, they drafted Cleveland Farrell out of Clemson, who I think is probably just a little bit too high, on, in my opinion, where they drafted him. They lost to here White, White, Whitehead to um, – we actually just spoke about him – to Chicago, right? And um, or is that Carolina? He went to Carolina. Carolina. He went head to yeah. Carolina. He was their leading tackler on their defense. So, and then if you look at their schedule from last year, man, they weren't in close games last year. They were getting beat to sleep by some of these teams. You know, they lost thirty-four to three to the Jets. They lost the following forty to nine to Kansas City. Forty-two twenty-one to the Titans the week after that. Then they lost Jacksonville you know, 27-16. So they weren't even in the games they lost, you know, to say that, oh, they're right there. They're that close. They're not. Um, they're probably going to be the third or fourth worst team in that division again. And uh, they will be a tough – they'll they'll be a tough out. They'll be a tough out, but they're not going to be a factor in playoffs or late in the season, in my opinion. Not well, right you know where we rank them, they're going to finish in last place because they're the worst AFC West team we have on our list. <clears throat> Personally – I don't like anything about the direction the Raiders are going in. I I could have easily put them last if for the fact that the Redskins are such a mess. I don't like Carr. I don't think he's good. I think, you know, maybe a smidgen better than his brother was, if that. And I have a lot of respect for his brother because I thought his brother held himself well when he came here for the Giants. I don't know, Jim. Carr was almost an MVP just a season before last. Bro. No, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't like – it's just a personal opinion. I don't like Mariota at all. I don't think he's any good. I mean, Mariota got, lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, and I know Ryan Tannehill fits the system, but Ryan Tannehill on half the teams in the league would not be that good. So I don't like Mariota at all. I don't like the fact he got rid of Khalil Mack, who's an all-world talent. I don't like the fact he got rid of Amir Cooper, Amari Cooper. I know he got all these picks, but, yeah, whatever. I, I just, to be honest with you, I don't like anything Gruden's done in Oakland. And yeah, the only thing that's really good. Yeah, the only thing that Gruden has going for him, in my opinion, is the fact that when Gruden signed that 10-year deal, he was given a certain amount of ownership in the team, a small stake, so he's not going to get fired. If it wasn't for the small stake, he'd be out of a job in two years. And he should have stayed in the studio because with all due respect to Gruden, he was really good in the studio. He's amazing in the studio, making a ton of money in the studio. 
And now he took over a team that is so far from winning, in my opinion. They're so far away yet. I don't like anything about Oakland. I don't have a positive thing to say about them. Uh, the only thing my, I like about Oakland is the stadium. In so, my defense, uh, the Raiders were the worst AFC West team on my list. So I'm just good. Well, they were on all yeah. of them because they're le- they turned last. I'm the Denver Broncos team uh, on my list all right well well you know you can't you know if one person this we'd be here from they should be next we Broncos are awful i'm <clears throat> propping them up who brought, who brought them up we're still in the non-playoff team we haven't brought anyone so we're up to number 25 which is our last team of the week is it the jets is it the giants is it somebody else maddie ice says it's the broncos who do you got mac I got Denver too, and I, that's that's got to be right. And that's got to be right. Denver Broncos, you're going with. Denver Broncos. All right, so let's see. You got to look at. Make sure I hit the right graphic. Last thing, uh, I'm the wrong graphic, freak everyone out. So at number twenty-five, last team of the day for part two of our eight-part series, and this has been a lot of fun to break down all the teams and see what we got. I should have did this with the baseball thing. Then everybody would have you know, knew what was going on. You know. So, but anyway, number 25. Is it a local team, or do they survive till next week? Here we go. Buddy. Hey, I'm so good at this. It's got it's to be somebody that gave you Drew Locke Drew Locke is a positive. Let's take a look at their like team for a minute. Another team who went seven and nine that I thought went like four and twelve. They went three and three in the division. The most shocking thing when I was putting these together that I noticed is that the Denver Broncos were not that terrible. I mean, 19th in offense is not that bad. 12th in defense is good. Uh, look at the veteran additions. They added Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, you know, they I don't they have their quarterback. Melvin Gordon, I don't know what you're gonna get from him. Plus, they have Philip Lindsay. So, you know, it's gonna be a two-headed monster. Um, AJ Bowie is a good addition. Age, and I'm sure AJ Bowie is ecstatic to get out of Jacksonville. Draft picks, they did well. Jerry Judy slid to them when the Raiders passed on him because of his injury our supposed crop up again injury. They brought in another wide receiver in Hamlin. So the Denver Broncos went right into the draft and said, we're getting Drew Locke weapons and picked up two wide receivers right off the bat. And they picked up Melvin Gordon. You give Drew, Drew Locke looked good last year. He looked good. I mean, Elway finally got his guy after drafting seven guys in a row that were no good. He finally got his guy. They lost Paco. Who cares? Theo Riddick is kind of like a scat back, no big deal. Chris Harris, you replaced Chris Harris with A.J. Bowie, and not to take anything away from Chris Harris, A.J. Bowie at this point in Chris Harris's career is an upgrade. So, much. Mac, they had weapons for Drew Locke. Drew Locke showed a lot of potential last year. I think they have it right on the quarterback. Um, the defense was 12th, not terrible. A lot right. of that, you know. So what do you think about the Denver Broncos? Well, you're going to see when you start looking back at the other teams uh, as we go through that there's a lot of seven and nine teams, a lot of a lot of eight and eight teams. Uh, the division they're in is is one of the reasons for my placement. I mean, that's, I mean, you gotta you gotta play a couple teams there twice that are that are very good teams. Um, I I think that Locke is 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 legit. I think he, if I'm right, he came in uh, like halfway through the season or at the end of the season. If I, I'm correct, what I'm thinking. Uh, he's, he's got talent. He's got an arm. Um, 
So I'm not saying that they're going to be terrible this year. I think they're going to they're going to finish about around the same the same point as as they did last year. He's still young. He's still learning stuff. Um, I think Elway finally got a draft pick right, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Oh boy, and Pat Schumer, right. Schumer's his offensive coordinator. God, Schumer's a good offensive coordinator, man. <laughs> Mac, you got to Mac, you have to like the offense they picked up for him, right? I mean, Gordon with Lindsey is a good two-headed monster. Judy and Hamler are some good wideouts for him, right? You got to be happy with yeah, them. And and they had some solid guys there before, like with Cortland Sutton. He's a viable wide receiver. Yes. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. you know. So they've got some guys there that can really do it. What what uh, Lock needs, they can get open. They can uh, they can stretch the field. They can run the ball. The offensive line is is decent. They're not great, but they're decent. Um. Then, of course, you look at the defense. You've got Bradley Chubb there. You've got your boy uh, Vaughn Miller there, as long as those guys are there. Uh, I'm, is Kareem Jackson still the safety there? I can't remember. That I don't know. Do you think this team could finish like 8-8? Eight and eight? You think they could be? No, listen, I have them ranked low on my initial um, – I have them ranked low on my initial rankings here based on 2019 uh, just because of the where everybody else fell, man. But I really believe if you look at Denver's schedule – for 2020, man, I believe Denver can win nine, ten games and make the playoffs in that division because it's very, very favorable. They play the Jets, they play the Dolphins, um, they play the Raiders, they play the Chargers. The Chargers are not going to be any good. They've got to play Buffalo and they play the Raiders twice, of course. So they have I, a very favorable schedule. You put them 25th. How you going? I, listen, I did this based on 2019. You right. know, and co- coming into the year, they don't look. Like they're better than a bottom side team, but I believe with Drew Locke, I'm, I'm a big fan of that guy. Big fan of the way he plays, the way he leads the team. The team is bought in on him, and that's the most important thing. When your team is bought in on your quarterback, you can't ask for much more than that. And Shermer is going to put him in a similar position like he had Case Keenum when the Vikings went to the NFC title game. You know, put him in a system that's going to work for him, run plays that's going to work for his arm strength and for his accuracy, and he can run. So they're gonna have a they're gonna have a versatile offense and a very good defense in a what I consider a mediocre division. All right, so I'm with you guys on this. Denver, you know, could be this probably is the second best team in the division. I mean, they're only the only team above them is Kansas City. I you can make an argument they're better than Las Vegas. You can make it they're definitely better than San Diego. Um, I like what they're doing with Drew Lock. I like the pieces they're putting around him. I like Judy a lot. I, if he stays healthy, I liked Henry Ruggs too. So, you know, either one I would have been happy with. I like Hamlet. I like um, Melvin Gordon going with Lindsay, which also offers Denver protection if Lindsay leaves after this year because he's on that list of 2021 free agent running backs. So it gives him some protection. The defense will be solid as always. A.J. Bowie, step up. Love A.J. Bowie. You know, they're going to be solid on defense. If the offensive line blocks and you give Drew Locke a, some time, I'm with Matt on this one. They could surprise somebody. They could yeah. could squeeze in at nine and seven and steal that last playoff spot, you know, and go down to Kansas City in round one or Baltimore or wherever they got to go. So good picks. We're down through another week. Next week will be part three where we will go 24 to 21. Will the Giants be in there? Will the Jets be in there? They're still surviving. The New York teams are still surviving the list. See how this goes. They're on there. They're making it happen. Real quick on another, on one of our many feeds that we share so we don't see it in the comments. 
David, good morning to David, asked, what's your pick on the new name for the Washington team? I think when we covered this during the week, David, we were either sold on the Warriors or the Red Tails seemed to be kind of where we're leaning. I'm assuming that's coming out next this week unless the Redskins plan to report to camp just wearing red uniforms with nothing on the helmet. I don't know what they're playing. The Washington football team. Yeah. Well, you, know, you know, I got another name for everybody out there because, you know, I've, I've had these great ideas for names. But the Washington Pimps might be a, a good name for the teams coming up. We're trying to get less offensive. Well, okay, all right. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who would they. I I could, I know the perfect person to put on the logo on the helmet. Did you ever? Well, did you ever see The Godfather in wrestling? He used yes. to come out and like all aboard the whole train. Y'all remember that? I don't know if you can say that live on air, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> If you watched wrestling during the Attitude Era, this is what this is. You know, before the Godfather was the Godfather, you know, and used to go out and say on the, he used to be like pimping hoes nationwide before he did all that. He was in the Nation of Domination. Listen, you watched with the Rock in D Lo Brown and and Farouk. And I don't know though that Mark Henry and Mark with using pimps and domination go together too well right now. That's all. I'm just listen. I'm just telling you that this is a family show. What are you doing? There was a lot of stuff that was allowed on the USA Network that they don't. We're behind. (laughs) If I let Mac like, if I let Mac like watch two episodes of like Raw from back in the Attitude Era, his life would be changed forever. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, what the world is going on. But people know where I'm coming from. People know where I'm coming from. So Cody likes the Red Wolves. Justin likes the Red Tails. I like the Red Tails because I've seen Rivera, you know, Ron Rivera said they want to stay, they want to kind of dedicate it to the military in a way. And that would be a perfect way right. to do it. The Red Tails, you know, honor the some of the greatest pilots to ever work. They're African American. They were African American pilots, you know. African American pilots who who did great things for this nation and uh, carry a great name and a great heritage. It would be a great name for the. Uh, I honestly think it would be the best. Washington name. I think it, team, it, yeah. you know, you you're the military, an African American group that that was their name and their call, and you know, I think you couldn't pick a better name. I mean, that would be perfect. You know, especially for a guy right now that's taking water over the side like the Titanic. I mean, he needs, yeah. to, he needs to get this right. He can't mess this name up. You know, I mean, if he comes out with the politicians, just throw him out of town. Just get him out of town. Just boot him. Don't even care. Just be done with him. So I guess we have some time here. About I just want to go over. Um, I want to talk about this class. Now, as I said, you don't know what's going to happen with the free agency, but this class is stacked, and I'll give you a graph. I want you guys to have to dig deep on this one. Let me throw these names out here. You got Leonard Fournette, who, if I know the Jaguars, since they just like to piss all their players off, they'll tag him even though he doesn't want to be there. You got Dalvin Cook, suppose, as long as he doesn't hold out. If he holds out, he doesn't get to become a free agent next year. You got Aaron Jones. You got Joe Mixon. Alvin Kamara, who I think is the best on the list now that Henry's off the list, but that's him and Dalvin Cook are my favorite. Philip Lindsay, we just talked about. Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, who's not the same anymore. And the notables don't sleep on James Conner. 
from Pittsburgh. Kareem Hunt is back. Tariq Cohen, Chris Carson, Matt Breda. This could be the best free agent class ever from all positions. I mean, look how stacked this running back class is, guys. I mean, back putting you on the spot. You got let's assume you Derrick Henry's off the list because he signed. Dalvin Cook, if he's let's say Dalvin Cook holds out and he's not a free agent. So take Henry off the list, take Cook off the list. Who's the one running back there you want the most? Well, I mean, if if I'm going for an all-around back, of course it'd be Kamara. I mean, with the hands, the speed, you can line him up as a wide receiver. He's a playmaker. He keeps the he keeps uh you know, he keeps the offense going sometimes. If if I wanted a, a back that I just wanted that could pound, uh, that could get the tough yardage for me, of course, I go with Fournette. So Kamara first, and then maybe Fournette second. Uh, Matt, same question. Are you taking Kamara first, Fournette second, if you can't take Cook or Henry? Man, if I can't take Cook or Henry, I don't know if I take Kamara because from what I've seen with Kamara since Mark Ingram has left is a bit of ineffectiveness in certain situations on the field. All right, yes, super versatile. Yes, he can catch the ball. Yes, he can line up a wide receiver. Blocking in line at the uh, blocking for the quarterback with the pass rush, he gets under there and he gets in there. He's not scared to block, and I admire that about him. He's, he's not a big guy, but he's not afraid to get up in somebody's chest. I like him a lot, but I don't know if he would be my pick. I think Marlon Mack is one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL, in my opinion. A lot of people don't realize how good he actually was last year and all the different things he did for Indy. Um, I think he's he's going to be a monster for them, especially with the quarterback situation being Phillip Rivers over there if he stands up starting for them. And if it's not Marlon Mack, I would definitely more than likely go with Joe Mixon despite his – history of he's cleaned it up yeah he's been fine. yeah he's cleaned it up and he's really come around and um you know he's doing what he needs to do and i think joe mixon man that guy is explosive he can run it through the tackles he can run outside the tackles he can catch the ball he can block he can oh man he can do it all and i really like him a lot he's a top top 10 guy in my opinion for sure um so yeah no it wouldn't be camara for me it would definitely be marlon mack would be my first pick out of the ones outside of Cook and Henry, and then Joe Mixon followed up after that. Right. Yeah, me personally, I would probably go with Kamara first. I would stay away from Fournette because I just think he's a problem in the locker room and he yaps too much, and I'm totally against that. That's just how I would run my team. A lot team. of injuries, too. Um, yeah, and a lot of injuries, too. I'm not – I'm not sure about Aaron Jones. He had a great year, but I also, he could have had even a better year, but I saw him have a few down games where they even benched him one game and let the other guy come in. Um, I like James Conner a lot too. I don't know why James Conner doesn't get a lot of pub. James Conner is really good. I know people argue and say that James Conner is only good if you have a good offensive line. He's not really a juke you out of your shoes type of guy, but this list is just to me is remarkable. I can't remember ever a time in the history of football when this kind of stature of backs are all going to be potential free agents at the same time. Now, we all know what's going to happen. Henry's already off the list. Half of these guys will get tagged. I can't see any way that the Saints don't tag Kamara. I mean, they don't have a backup. So I think they're going to pay him. They're not investing much money anywhere else outside of Michael Thomas and Drew Brees anyway. Yeah, I mean, how do you you don't have a good backup to let him go? Dalvin Cook, I still think will get re-signed in Minnesota. Aaron Judge is one I could see hit the market only because they like the backup. Also, he had some Aaron who Jim Aaron who Jones. Well, I, I thought he said Aaron Judge. Well, I, I said Aaron Judge, man. I might have said Aaron. <laughs> we ought to watch that later. <laughs> Baseball's here. We'll have to replay it. Hey, um, listen though, 
Mm-hmm. If you look, a guy like Tariq Cohen and a guy like Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. those guys can be started. Tariq Cohen for the Bears was a game breaker for them a lot of the time. That guy is shifty. You can't see him behind the line when he's coming out of there. Boom, he gets the ball. And next you know, he's out of there. Special teams player uh, can return kicks on punt return and and uh, kickoff return. He's going to be a good pickup for somebody. Matt Breida, we saw what he did for the 49ers. You know, Chris uh, Carson, so. too, is no slouch in Seattle. Chris Carson is no slouch coming out of Seattle, man. That dude can play ball. He gets in there. He'll run between the tackles. And he'll put it on you. He'll lower his shoulder. Kenyon Drake, he left Miami, went to Arizona. He's going to do some good things over there with them, uh, with Kyler and with with uh, Nook Hopkins, man. That's going to be such a such. You, a you know what's weird about this list, Matt, is and is – I never thought I'd say this, but I look at all these names, and and you would never have said this two years ago. But if you asked me, out of all these names, who would I want the least? It'd be Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's really look, calling. You know? If you look at these guys, though, right, and you look, they're reaching analytically. Analytically, they are reaching the end of the most effective parts of their career. Okay, after year four, there's a significant statistical drop off for most running backs in the NFL these days. All right. And so when you look at it like that, I can't see what you're doing. I just see your Mets logo moving up and down. And I don't know if you're agreeing with me or disagreeing with me. Um, agreement. Yes, that's what I was like. Um, so, you know, statistically, that fourth year is tough for a lot of running back. That's why a lot of them try to get their paycheck in year three. They want it right at the beginning of year four because they know that come year five, six, seven, your career, you're not really turning it on like you were your first three, four years. You've got some miles on you now. You've gotten beat up quite a bit. You know, you've probably gotten a contract offer from the team you don't like already. So, I, you know, they got to be careful. You got to be careful when you're re-signing these running backs in the middle to late end of their career. You don't want to bury yourself, man. Let's hopefully we get eight good years out of Barkley since that's what it'll take so we can see some winning teams with him because he's going into year three and they're not ready to win the Super Bowl yet. So, you know, hopefully that happened. But good stuff today, especially on our countdown. And if and and you know I pl- the countdown is planned out perfectly because it's going to go right to about when they're starting the season. In fact, if I planned it correctly, because we have six more weeks to do it, right? So I got the twenty six, two, three, four, five. It takes us right to September six, which is the week before the season, which will also allow us to come in here on September sixth after we're done with the list and give our playoff predictions and our Super Bowl predictions and all that different stuff. And, you know, for those who love football and love picking games, we're going to have a nice contest this year with a nice prize, mm-hmm. a nice prize. People love money. I'm not going to send you a blender. Don't worry. There's no blenders. So, you know, we're going to have a, a nice contest picking, picking the games all year, you know, Maybe a little beat the Mac man thing going. Who knows? I mean, I, you know, who knows? Anything I come up with. So we're going to, you know, we're going to have contests. We're going to have pick them contests. And if the PlayStation 5 ever releases a damn release date, I can start recruiting for the Madden League. So, I mean, you got a lot of things going on right now. You know, so is what it is. You know what I mean? So, you know, I know Mac doesn't follow Madden, but if you follow Madden, they, they do some funny stuff. They just released the other day that Michael Thomas would, would be the last 99 player. And then they tweeted out something that said, we had to give Michael Thomas a 99. So he'd quit crying. Yes. Oh my goodness. Listen, yeah, these funny. guys are taking those Madden rankings way too seriously, yeah. but honestly, yeah. it's some garbage rankings this year. Like, bro, they're not even, 
Who's in charge of that, guys? Who's they in have, charge? Matt, they have Madden ratings adjusters that literally go to practices, go to games, watch players, watch what guys do, and write down things. And then they put together this whole analytical BS they say they do that produces an overall rating. It is very – Take it very seriously. Like when like they send like a package to Christian McCaffrey and he because the Gladys football players play the game and he's excited, so he opens it and sees his number, his rating. This is see, this is high business here. Yeah, I, I understand all that, but who what's the names of these guys that do this? So Madden rating personal names I and mean, then they're taking personal people and they're rating them and they're saying how good they are but they're not going to have enough guts to say, stand up and say hey i'm joe schmo and i went to your practice and i think that you're not that good i mean what, 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 kind, of, what kind of racket is this that's I mean, not how it works we don't need stand up like a man and take your medicine when you rate somebody a 77 who, who, who we all know is better than that let me, let me explain something to you, Mac, about, about video games, okay? The fans take this stuff seriously, way more than the players. If if the guy, if a guy came out and said, I'm the one who ran the analytics and made Dalvin Cook a 92 instead of a 96, he'd have to worry that a bunch of Vikings fans would show up at his house. Not the good yeah, you can't do that. There's enough people camping on people. You say something, you take responsible responsibility for it, right? It's a process. Do you not? I mean, listen, listen, this, this sounds like a big – It depends. What's the result? It's a big sham. I mean, you guys, really, or you guys really take this seriously when you have a guy – Named Andy Butterfield from Missouri, who goes over and watches the Arizona Cardinal quarterback play, and he says, "Well, he's good here, but he's not good there." Who the hell is this guy? Who cares what he it's says? Not that simple. You got to rate his his speed, his agility, his everything. It's a process, man. This is a year long process. Matt, listen, oh, listen, God. Matt. Video games is high business. You probably right. don't even know what esports is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, where people play for a living and make money doing this. This is I understand uh, the whole record. Hey, Mac, if it makes you feel any better, they only ranked Saquon Barkley as uh, 89. They didn't even give him a full 90. Right. I understand that. Don't make me feel better. I'm saying, who is this guy, Joe Joe Black from, from North Carolina, who thinks he knows more than people that actually run the football league? I mean, I think this is this is amazing and funny to me. All right. Let me, let me touch base on some other stuff before – Mac gets mad and people fired and we don't have a game. So the, just keep in mind, keep an eye out, people. As soon as we get a release date for the PlayStation system, we'll have we'll start taking signups for Mad. All right. So, so hey, real quick, Jim, mm -hmm. I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. So some of these guys are actually most of these guys are former players, scouts. Or college scouts. There you go, Max. See, so you got they're using. They send them to games, practices. They have them interview players, watch practices, and review statistics, and come up with aggregates for these statistics. Well, what? Put your name out there. I can say I'm a former okay, player. I have one for you. His name is. Uh, let me see. Okay. Not as far. Da, 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 Oklahoma State. Blah, blah, blah. Their names are out there. This guy. are there. You just got to look them up. Anthony White, one of EA Sports' Madden ratings adjusters. Thank you. The game with Giants rookie Saquon Barkley. That's Anthony, we know. When the city comes around, if you own a house, like when the guy comes around to my condo and does the assessment for the taxes every year, he doesn't tell me his name when he raises my well, taxes. 
Yeah, but you can look it up online. So we found out one of the guys' names. I'm happy now. We can. Okay. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about what we got coming up. We got we have an amazing week coming up for you guys because we have two guests every day. Two guests. So if you know you get wearing down listening to Mac and I during the week, you get two guests. So tomorrow at four o'clock, we got Michael Mazio, who's a Nets insider for Mac. Who does he work for? Oh, he's works. He's a Nets insider. He's he's working uh, the, Nets. the Nets organization. I can. I, oh, oh, right, right. He's coming on, and he is going to give us the latest details on the Nets and let us know if he's suiting up. Because I don't know who's shooting up for the Nets. So Michael Mazio is coming on to give us some Nets insider, which is good because we've been trying to reach out to the Nets community. So he's on tomorrow at four. And then tomorrow at five, we have Dr. Paulson uh, from the Start Spreading the News blog who's coming on. And he's going to discuss some sports with us. That's Monday. So you got two guests on Monday. Then on Tuesday, we got two guests. On Tuesday, we've got an interview with Reggie Johnson. So we got heavyweight boxing going to be represented again, and they might be coming straight from the ring. We're not sure yet with uh, his fighter. And then at 5 o'clock on Tuesday, we have Lance Meadows, who's a serious radio host for the Mad Dog channel and hosts WFAN Giants and Big Blue Kickoff. So we have a, he's coming on on Tuesday. And then if you hadn't had enough of all the guests, we got two guests on Wednesday. We got Steve Samarco, our, the big guy spurts, sports personal Yankees insider coming on, giving us the latest Yankees news and notes a day before the season kicks off. And then because, of course, we don't want to leave any team out at five o'clock. We got Rich Cottonhoe coming on, who's the Mets insider, who's going to do our Mets inside reporting, hopefully permanently, if we could convince him. But he's coming on to give us all the Mets news and notes because he, he also might, yeah, and he might be right live ESPN. Right live. He might be right live from the stadium too, right, but over the phone. But he does the yeah. message side reports for the ESPN New York radio yes. station. So he's coming on, and he'll give you all the Mets' latest news and notes that you need two days before they open the season. So we got two guests every day, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we're going to be fully stocked up with guests. Then the baseball season starts Thursday, as long as like half the league doesn't test positive for coronavirus after these two games are played after today. Because that's what's going to happen. After today, they're going to play another practice game today. All the teams, some teams are screwed. Then they're going to test everybody. And we're going to see how clean it is throwing around a baseball. And then if everyone's clean and the numbers are low, Thursday you'll be watching 7 o'clock opening night. Yankees versus the Nationals, followed by the Dodgers and the Giants opening night. We've got people coming on all this week. We've got so many people we can't even fit anymore. We fold up the schedule. The is full. <laughs> yeah, the calendar is full for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We got someone in every hour. We've got you'll hear less and less of Mac and I, which for some could be a blessing, could be a curse. They're probably, they're probably happy about it. Yeah, it all depends how you look at it. Um, Cody likes Lance Meadows. He's excited. So tune in Tuesday because that's when he'll be here. Cody says go Nationals. That's, I don't know if that's because he's a National fan or that's just because he's an anti-Yankee fan. I don't really know. We'll have to find out. But we got a lot of stuff coming up this week. We're going to 
Did you guys see Clint Frazier hit one to the upper deck wearing a mask yesterday? I did see that. I didn't really care if he wears a mask or not. Like everyone making such a big deal about the mask. Like, hey, we want a mask. So you can't not hit a baseball just because he wears a mask. You either hit or you can hit. I don't even care what Clint Frazier does because the Yankees don't know how to use him or appreciate him anyway. So it looks like listen, it is. Listen, if you guys care that much about practice games, then it really shows me how worried you are about whether you'll be good during the regular season. I'm wagging my finger at you, Mac. Listen, if, if they had won that game last night, Mac, it would have no, been a I wouldn't have said anything because it's practice. What was I going to say? Oh, congratulations to the Mets for beating up the 18th string starting pitcher you started yesterday, who I didn't even know his name until I watched the game. And the Mets. Daniel Zamora in the ninth inning, who's not even going to be on the team. I mean, I don't care what these guys do. You want to take a positive from yesterday's game? I'll give you a positive from yesterday's game for a Met fan. But Tansis came in and threw a one, two, three inning and looked healthy. So I don't good. got everyone out. I care about the fact that he pitched and he didn't limp afterwards. So yeah. healthy. there's a positive yeah. for a Met fan. I mean, the Yankees. You know, I mean, I don't take the practice games even when spring training goes any seriously because you never know who's playing. I mean, Aaron Judge wasn't there yesterday. So, I mean, you know, it's you take it is what it is. If anything, I feel bad for Clint Frazier. Because every time Cliff Frazier hits the field, whether it's in the regular game or practice game, he hits bombs and puts up numbers, and the Yanks can't find a spot for him, and they won't trade the poor guy so he can play every day and get themselves a starting pitcher. And poor Clint Frazier is wasting – Prime. See what you started. <laughs> what you started. Don't feel bad for Clint Frazier. The guy can ball, and he. Can I listen. And they don't let him. Play. I don't feel. Bad. I don't feel bad for anybody who is honored enough, honored enough to play for the Yankees. I don't Good. Feel bad you know what? I hope I'm going to buy a cardboard cutout of your face, put it down the <laughs> line, and I hope Stanton hits a line drive. Blast it off there. Breaks it in half. That way, can I catch, as long as I can keep the ball, I'll be happy. If it yeah, hits me, I want. Familiar look good too. Just real That's quick, what fans are looking for to see if the bullpen looks good in practice. Definitely, definitely. 100%. I don't know what the hell they're looking at because Diaz let up like three base runners. He gave up a run. Diaz was a mess yesterday. Yeah. I don't know. What we got today? We got San Jose, Chicago, and the MLS and Seattle, Vancouver guys. Um, Rom is 12 under in the midfield. What time is the Met Yankee game today? Is it seven? The Met Yankee game today is going to be an evening game. I'm fairly certain. And whatever happened to one o'clock games? I let you know. Hold on, my friend. We don't have time for one o'clock games. We don't want one o'clock games right now. Too high. I have time for one o'clock games. Hey, by the way, I heard you complaining earlier in the show about your little 105 degree heat index. Okay, buddy. I don't want to hear it. I don't. You can't complain though. You moved to Florida. It's a seven oh five. It's a seven oh five start tonight. Hey, by the way, in New Jersey, you moved hey, to a state. You live in a state that's purposely hot all it's the time. I did twenty degrees when I get in my car out here. It's insane. Yeah. And guess what, Jim? My AC went out in my Jeep day before yesterday. Roll the so windows down. No like they Roll down the windows. I got no AC. You think it matters here in Florida, buddy? Let me tell you something. Have your wife stand next to you with one of those. She feels like someone's blowing hot air into your window with a blower. How long? How long do you think people have been living in Florida when there wasn't no air conditioning? Maddie? Long time. They still have houses here with no air conditioning. They tell you, you got to buy really? a unit, put it in a window. That's <laughs> insane. I would lose my mind. Let me thank all the fans real quick. Thank you. Came in, but let me also say again, just keep an eye out on everything going on on all the social medias on the website. Cause I'm promise you 
there's some big things in the work as far as programming notes and plans and the future and what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be laying it out to make sure we deliver the best product possible and you know things like that there are changes coming people who might be coming aboard so there's a lot of good things coming up so just keep an eye on it because a lot of things in august the release of the apps a lot of things coming in august all like right. follow share like follow That's share it's going to be hot don't send me messages in Czechoslovakian because I'm just going to delete them and block you because I don't understand it. So if you're going to send me something in a different language, at least send a translator with it or something I can click on that'll change the words over. Whatever and they have, highlight, right click, translate. Yeah, they, I mean, I can't do all that. Uh, you know, um, thanks to everybody. We had a lot of people check in today. DJ, DJ, uh, Al, Justin, Cody, Tyrone. Matt even wrote a comment while he's on the show in the thing. Elijah, Tyrone, Cody, I'm a man of the people, Ruben, Ruben. I so many people. I got to scroll, scroll, scroll back. We appreciate the time you take out of your day. We'll be thanks, back guys. tomorrow. Have fun. If you live in one of those states where it's 105 degrees, do what I'm going to do. Grab a Corona, put your feet up, put the air conditioner on, watch Netflix and sports. Don't go outside. You're just going to get hot. And then you're going to complain later that you're sweating. Stay Take in a shower. That's right. And be clean. That's right. Have fun, guys. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.